everyone, it's your host Katie, and this is Tea on the Rocks. Happy Monday, or whatever day it is when you find yourself with my voice in your ears. Alright, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. I've been insanely busy. Just work, day job, night job. It just didn't leave a lot of time for podcasting. And I feel bad about it. I know I've never really gave a super hard or fast rule about weekly episodes or what have you. I feel like it might be more realistic to expect them every two weeks, but I'm just really not sure if that's what I want at this point. I have a lot of ideas and I really enjoy recording. We'll just have to see. For right now, it's enough for me that I'm sitting down and doing what I like to do. So this episode is a selection of spooky stories that my dear friend Ryan Esty has cultivated for me. They focus mainly on Dope Town, which is a town about an hour north-ish from Fredericton. It's in central New Brunswick. And Dope Town, for me, has always had a bit of a spooky and eerie vibe. I like to say that it just always seems dark there. I don't know why. It could be two in the afternoon in high summer and just feels dark. I don't know what it is. So we're going to focus on a few of those fun little stories. I'm going to read them in sort of a narrative style and not a chit-chat style like I do now. So before I begin with those, I just want to have the little chit-chat, the little life update. If you have not seen my Instagram, which I would honestly be surprised if you didn't because I've only splashed it all over the place for the past like week. But if you don't know, first of all, you should follow me on Instagram at T-O-T-R Atlantic. I put my notice in at my day job and that was almost a week ago now, last Tuesday. The main reason why is I just want to focus on digital marketing and content writing and seeing where that takes me. I don't know that I'll freelance forever because it's not as glamorous as those girl bosses like to make it out as on you know Instagram or what have you, but it does give me a lot of flexibility. And I do have a decent amount of work lined up, so... I feel okay about leaving the day job. Ask me again in a month, I might feel differently. The industry that I work in couldn't be further from digital marketing. If somebody doesn't like the industry that they're in, there's no amount of money in the world or no amount of job description adjustments in the world that's going to change that. So while I have a lot of love for the people that I work with, I am really excited to kind of move on and get started with this new chapter. I don't love saying new chapter because it just feels so overused and kind of trite, but for me, it is a new chapter. I've kind of felt the winds of change, the winds in the east, if you will, blowing for a long time. So I'm happy to finally have some forward motion. Let's talk about what I'm wearing. I am wearing the fall sweatpant, if you will, which is a little nightdress that I got from Levy and Rose here in the mall in Fredericton. What show am I watching? Right now, John and I are watching Big Timber, 
which is a reality show about loggers in northern British Columbia. So if that doesn't have you on the edge of your seat, I don't know what will. Let's see. What is something I just bought? Um, well, I bought some groceries. I also bought a new MacBook Air over the weekend. You know, just the base model in the color gold. My mom's friend and now my friend Tamara, her husband actually purchased my old computers. So that's amazing. Uh, she joked that I need to have a content warning whenever I talk about technology because it just made her head spin. Don't worry, I won't be doing that. I'll just say that my MacBook that I bought is very pretty. And, you know, again, it's not a purchase I take lightly, but for me, I just needed snappier machines, especially now that I'm going to be using them heavily. These are my work machines now, and I just... I don't know, I just needed to feel a little more confident in them than I was. And I know that they're gonna last me a long time. Now, let's see here, what I'm reading. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not reading anything right now. I really enjoyed Circe and Song of Achilles, but I haven't really found anything else since then that struck my fancy. I think I'd like to continue diving into Greek mythology fiction, if that even makes sense, considering mythology is fiction. In any case, if you have any recommendations, please holler at me. And plans for the weekend. As of right now, I don't really have anything planned. I think just get some work done and try to relax. But I will say it's my last weekend before I leave my day job. I'm not saying I'll never have the Sunday sads again, but I am saying it'll probably be the last batch of them that I have for a while. So without further ado, Let's please get into the spooky stories. Grab a cozy blanket, grab a hot drink, grab a glass of wine, iced coffee, whatever. Get comfortable. I'm going to try to make this as spooky as possible. I feel like I don't really have a spooky, dramatic voice, but I will do my best. Channel those Scorpio vibes. We are now in Scorpio, y'all. Sun is in Scorpio. It's time to feel that intensity, feel that drama. The stories I'll discuss are heavily centered of course, in Doketown. And I'll cover my, maybe if we have time, my personal experiences later on. These are not necessarily in Doketown. They're just kind of my experiences that I've had in my life. These probably won't be told in a narrative manner. More of a chit chat, if I even get to it. It might be a separate little bonus episode. We'll see. Doketown, as I say, is not far from Fredericton. It is on the banks of the Miramichi River. Salmon is big there, timber, logging. It has a long and rich history of being a mill town, a logger town. It was known as Betts Settlement in the late 1700s and early 1800s until Robert Doak came from Scotland and purchased the land, and it was eventually renamed Doaktown in his honor. He was quite, I understand, a prominent men member of society. So Doaktown has always given me a bit of an eerie vibe. Like I say, it feels dark all the time. It just feels lonesome and desolate. I have, ha I have really good memories there and in New Brunswick in general, but Doaktown in particular just gives me the creepy crawlies. 
Let's discuss the Dungarvan Hooper. In the nights along the Dungarvan River, which is not far from Doketown, you can hear the howling and screaming of a ghost named Ryan. Ryan worked in one of the lumber camps as a cook in the 1800s near Doketown. He was murdered in cold blood by his boss, the foreman of the logging camp, for a money belt that he carried loudly and proudly on his waist. In the nights that followed the murder, a loud hooping noise full of blackened rage could be heard around the camps through the river, terrifying the loggers with his howls. The loggers abandoned the base, and still to this day, the hoops can be heard. Now, the Dungarvan Hooper is a huge cultural phenomenon in New Brunswick. There's even a Wikipedia page. Go look it up. And this story has been passed down through the generations, especially those that are heavily involved in the lumber community. It was taken so seriously some years ago that a reverend attempted to exercise the gravesite to stop the hooping. Now, I myself have never heard the hooping. I don't know anybody who has, but I'm not saying it doesn't happen. This story is about the singing lady. Listen carefully. One night in the early 1990s, in a 19th century family homestead nestled on the banks of Big Hole Brook, New Brunswick, two boys were having a sleepover, just as they always did every Friday night. Upon the witching hour, which we all know is between the hours of 12 and 4 a.m., one of the boys woke up to hear the singing of a lady, but there was something different about the singing. It was in a foreign language, a demonic, choir-like sound, mesmerizing. This was no hymn during Sunday service. The boy also noticed a strange figure floating towards him in a Victorian-style dress and hat. Terrified, the boy closed his eyes tightly, pulled the covers over his head, and said to himself, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. Eventually, the sounds went away, and he was able to go back to sleep. The following day, while eating breakfast, his friend's mother asked her son, were you playing music late last night? I could hear someone singing. To which the boy replied, no mother, I think you must have been dreaming. The other boy, the boy who heard the singing, turned utterly white and got up from the breakfast table abruptly. Sharon, he said, wasn't that you singing? To this day, it's thought that the house is still a portal to the spirit world. Next, we have the Nelson Hollow Knocker. In the early 1950s, Nelson Hollow, New Brunswick, another village close to Doaktown, was a passing point for many traveling from Miramichi to Fredericton. Nelson Hollow was nestled on Route 8, which is a very long highway that passes north to south in central New Brunswick. 
truckload of men were driving an army-style vehicle late at night. They were driving home to their wives and children, but they would never see them again. The vehicle that they were driving collided with a tree and ended up in a ditch, and nobody survived. It is said that these men wander around aimlessly, spirits looking for their wives and children that they never got to see. Fast forward about 20 years, in 1978, a girl named Jocelyn and her friend Sandy had been camping with Jocelyn's parents in a field, not far from where the crash occurred. It was a large field by a river next to an RV park where Jocelyn's parents camped during the summer. Her father was an avid fisherman and the proximity to the river was too much to pass up. In the evening, snug in their tent, the girls heard footsteps coming closer and closer which turned into hands banging on the tent. Jocelyn scrambled to wake Sandy, but Sandy wasn't a light sleeper. So she got up, unzipped the tent, and ran toward the trailer where her parents were. But as she glanced in the window of the trailer not far from where she stood, the trailer didn't appear to be the safest place to seek refuge. And as she gazed upon it, she noticed the doors and cupboards opening and slamming, screaming. She ran back to the tent and closed her eyes in fear. Eventually, sleep took her. The following day, nobody else had any reports of noise. No cupboards banging, no footsteps. Jocelyn wondered, was it all a dream? Or is it the men who died looking for their families? Now, these stories, of course, were all written by Ryan, and two of them are true. They say that a witch lived in a house that has now been torn down. But when it was upright, many said that the condemned home had a glowing red light where there was no electricity and was thought to be another portal to the spirit world in Doaktown. Another story centers around the faceless man in Storytown. Storytown is across the Miramichi River from Doaktown. And there is a large artery that runs through called Storytown Road. They say the faceless man walks up and down Storytown Road. And if you see him, you can only ever see the back of his head, never his face, no matter which way you were looking at him. And nobody knew who he was. We don't know if he's dead or if he's alive. Maybe you'll see him if you go down Storytown Road late at night. And that's that. I'm so glad you joined me today, and I hope you're able to get some sleep. I'll see you next time on Tea on the Rocks. <laughs>